This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is Take Command, and we're going to go into phase two of this. I'm Logan Paulson. That's Matthew Essig. And we are going to talk about preseason general overview thoughts here now. And, like, what can we derive from kind of the main three games so far the three the three games the practices all that stuff and unfortunately this answer might be really short because i don't think you can derive a lot i think you can um like you know what i'm saying yeah. matt like no I'm, I'm with you because it's it's been a preseason of a whole lot of getting to it felt like this season was or this preseason was a whole lot of let's get to know the players let's get to know on offense or the receiving core how does carson wentz play into the core how is everything kind of going to run together? And then on defense, we were looking for some kind of scheme, some kind of just anything, a spark that we hadn't seen in the past year. And mm-hmm. I think that we can all agree that <laughs> defensively, we were all a little upset coming out of a Saturday, mm-hmm. especially because our secondary secondary was kind of a sieve. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think, you know, it's so funny, like when you watch practice – and you see how well that group plays together. You're like, oh my gosh, they're poised for oh, something really special. They got, like, they got the in, the energy. They have the camaraderie. It, it's there. Right. If it just was there on the field. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that's the thing that was that was frustrating for me. And again, like frustrating for me in the first game. But then if you look at the second game, that group played really, really well. And then they kind of switched. They they flip flopped, right? Because. Excuse me. The um, you know the defensive line played really well against Carolina, and then they struggled against Kansas City. Now that's Patrick Mahomes. That's a whole bunch of different things. But the secondary was the thing that improved against uh, Kansas City. They were able to you know kind of blanket coverage and did some really nice stuff in terms of matching up. I think he felt great about what Kendall Fuller did, and even William Jackson the third in that game, despite the PI, showed a lot of stuff. And I think you know you just need that group to come together. They're so incredibly talented up front with that defensive line. They've got all those draft, pick, draft picks invested there. They've got some great role players in Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, but they just don't seem, at least in the preseason, they haven't clicked together. Now, I want to I point this out before we get on to something else, and you bring up a good, I think that concern you have, Matt, is, is very, very valid. But the thing that sticks out to me is that I don't think Jack Del Rio is doing 
in the preseason what he's planning on doing in the regular season. And what I would point to is I'd say at the end of last year, they were much more consistent with bringing five-man pressures, playing five-man fronts, and people say, well, why is that significant? Why is that important? And what that does is it ensures one-on-one matchups for your defensive line, right? And, I, and I'm assuming that Montez Sweat, Payne, Allen, even Casey Tuhill and James Smith-Williams, Feldarian, Feldarian, Mathis, yes, can win those one-on-one matchups consistently. Daniel Wise is an excellent pass rusher in those one-on-one situations. So I think that's all that's all important to think about. Like, he did not do any of that in this in the preseason. I think that's going to be a bigger feature of what they do. Also, Jamin Davis has shown some proclivity, at least in practice, as a blitzer. So having him involved in that five-man rush, I think, is going to be important. And so, again, if you can get those one-on-one matchups, I think the issues that you saw against Kansas City of Patrick Mahomes escaping the pocket, like it's something we talked about. Yeah, I yeah. mean, it's one of those things that has to be said. As much as we did see some issues against Patrick Mahomes, we are talking about Patrick Mahomes, who is yeah. one of the craftiest quarterbacks that if you can do anything against him, then I consider that at least positives. Maybe not a win, but we're ma- moving positives if we're able to make some kind of moves against him. At least that's my take. But No, I, th- I think that's tr- I think that's true. And I think, and again, like there are some positives defensively to take out of that game. And I point to the coverage yeah. and I say, I look at Montez Sweat and the way he was more active in that game than he was the first game. Those are all good things. It's just about bringing it all together, bringing the making sure like uh, filling out the philosophy like right now I think we have a nice skeletal view of what the defense is but there's no soft tissue right the details of what makes that thing go are not there and I think a lot of people are concerned because obviously last year it it has seemed to have bled over into this year but I I do think you'll see some different stuff once we get it you know it's funny like I've been every training camp practice I've watched every single one but all of a sudden now the media is not allowed to go and now this is when that stuff's going to go in right this is when you're going to see what they're going to do against Jacksonville. You're going to see kind of who they want to be. And I think that stuff is super important uh, for fans to understand, quite frankly, because I think a lot of people don't think about that, you know. And then reversely or conversely, it's the same with the offense, you know. The offense is looked a little bit tepid. It's looked a little conservative. Like we talked about it a couple of podcasts ago, like how they didn't take any shots on second and short against Kansas City when that's like a global, universal NFL time to take a shot they didn't do that and again that makes me think they're 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 not idiots scott's not dumb like he knows what he's doing like he's keeping stuff right and i think that's also something for fans to understand and that's why it's so hard to say oh this is what the preseason was this is who this team is because we don't know like there's a lot of stuff that they're putting in like after cuts tomorrow they're going to put a whole bunch of stuff in and the team's going to look completely different like i think this is something that we haven't talked about on the show before but you know, I coach at Independence High School, which is a high school football team, right? And I was like, you know, I hated when I was a player, coaches who put in all these game plan specific plays, right? And I do that now as a coach. And one of the reasons you do that is because it puts your players in the best position to be successful. And so week to week, the offensive, again, I'm going to use the skeleton analogy, kind of is there, the, 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 the framework of the house is there. But each week, the details of the drywall, the windows, all that stuff goes up to put the team in the best situation to be successful. So even week to week, there's going to be a lot of variation from an offensive standpoint, I would assume, that kind of puts this group in the best position to be successful. Again, that's one reason why it's so incredibly difficult to glean anything meaningful. Now, I think the stuff you can glean is like personnel stuff, and we can talk about that a little bit more, I think, which would be important. So I'm going to talk about, yeah, go ahead. I I was actually, I was going to say, I wanted to kind of lead into that. 
who yeah. based off of the preseason, based off of Saturday's game, who do you think has really shown that they deserve a spot on the roster? Who do you think has kind of, mm. at this point, maybe get, gotten their last chance, to, so to say? Yeah, I think that's a really tough question. And um, I think I think most positions, like just take receiver as an example. I think you've got Jahan, Terry, um, Cam, uh, Curtis Samuel, uh, Cam Sims, Deami Brown, I think, makes it despite everyone kind of calling for his head. I don't. Th- I think he's going to be on the team. And then I think you get Dax Mills. And the question there becomes: Is Alex Erickson, um, eight, number eighty-six? Yeah. Does he is he your returner? And is that seven? And I personally think you probably could get a, be okay with Dax Mills. But again, that's a decision that has to happen internally. And you know, it's not that who's the better receiver. Erickson or Milnes, it's Erickson versus Milo Eifler, you know, as the fifth linebacker. And I think Milo Eifler's had an outstanding preseason. But is Milo Eifler more valuable to you on special teams than Erickson? And I, I think you could make the argument that the answer is yes, especially if you have Dax Milne. But that's the that's the roster alchemy. And let's talk about Milo for a second, just because I brought Go him up by accident. Like, I think Milo is a really interesting prospect right now because he's had a really solid preseason. Like when you went, I went back and watched every single one of his plays. And I was like, this guy's shown up. He's shown up on teams. He's shown up um, on defense in terms of being like kind of big plays, playing with good energy, rallying to the football. Love that. And the guy who's been really quiet is Kalik Hudson. Now, I don't know if he takes a step ahead of Kalik, you know, because Kalik's kind of been this mainstay on teams here. I think Katzer, the special team coach, really likes him as a player. Um, but does Milo, does he, is that enough of a testament to him to say, I deserve to be on the roster? The answer is I don't know. And the only people who do know are the people in the building. But those are the, that is interesting, right? Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Is he, do you keep four linebackers or do you keep a five? And if that five linebacker's there, right, where do you, and shoot, I'm kind of rambling now, but the Brian Robinson thing, however tragic that is, that affects... The rest of this depth chart, Absolutely, right? Like because Gibson's. Where do you keep Gib- him? Because with keeping him, where do you keep him? Or do you have an extra spot now to open up? Because is he going to be on the inactive football injury list? Correct. Yeah, yeah. Pup yes. list, uh, physically been able to perform, or IR, whatever yeah. it is. And the IR has now got different gradations, right? So I think that um, that's really interesting to me. Like Jonathan Williams has been the guy, but now. Because of this injury, do you sneak Jared Patterson in there? I don't think so. I think it's Gibson, McKissick, Jonathan Williams. You keep three. I don't think there's merit to keep four unless you feel like uh, now with Gibson starting, Patterson's your kick returner, which is entirely possible. 
again. But, uh, you know, if Erickson stays, you don't need that guy because he, he returns kicks and punts. So um, that's, again, like all these things. Tight end is another fascinating position battle, I think. I think that's a little bit more clear-cut, but it's complicated by the fact that there's so many injuries at the position, which I've talked about before. Like, Logan Thomas is coming back. He might not be ready for week one, so he's on the roster. He's there. He's here, right? John Bates is here, but can he play week one with the calf injury? I'm not sure, right? That's a big question mark for me. He hasn't, Ron hasn't said anything. John hasn't said anything. He's been very quiet, but is he ready for week one? Big question mark. So there's the potential that you start the season in your first game with both of your starting tight ends not being ready to play. So then you go to number three. You say, oh, well, the next guy's Cole Turner. He's also been out with a hamstring injury, right? So you, now you're all the way down to your to Curtis Hodges, who's got a quad strain, who didn't play in the game. He hasn't played for two weeks in the preseason, despite having a really nice first preseason game. So the only healthy guy you have at the moment is Armani Rogers, the undrafted free agent rookie out of Ohio. And he's a heck of a football player. He's improved each week, and I think he deserves to be on the roster. But do you need someone with more experience, like, like a Kendall Blanton, to also be on the roster? just in case you have to start the year off with like Bates, God forbid, or Cole Turner on IR. And then you go into the game with two starting tight ends, one who's never played football in the NFL and one who was cut by the LA Rams and is now here with the team. So again, like that's that's why that position's so interesting, especially for week one. Obviously, I've talked about extensively how talented that group is, but it is it, like, what do you logistically, when it comes down to week one, what are we doing at the position? And I'm fascinated to see how the roster cut turns out because, again, very talented group, but the injury situation makes that so interesting. Um, any other positions we want to talk about? Uh, D-line, I think is... T-line? Yeah. Okay, let's talk about D-line Absolutely. real quick. Is is interesting because I think there's, you know, it's a defensive end, an edge rusher. It's pretty straightforward. It's like you got Montez, you got James Smith-Williams, you got Casey Tuhill, you got F.A. Obata. Those are your four. And then you got your four defensive linemen, interior defensive linemen, which are um, Payne, Allen, Big Phil, and uh, Daniel Wise. There's your four. And so do you keep nine? And if so, who's the ninth guy? And the ninth guy, in my opinion, like if I was picking today just on film of practice, film of the games, it would be um, Bradley King. And Bradley King is because I, as a coach, I know I can trust him. I know what he's going to bring, right? But, you know, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and um, I'm not going to say their name, but they brought up a really fantastic point. And basically what they were saying was like, you know, he'll, he'll be the ninth guy. You keep Bradley King if he's your if he's in that four top four rotation at edge rusher, but that guy's probably going to be inactive on game day. So while I, while I have a lot of respect for what James Bradley or King, or not James, Bradley King has shown, William Bradley King has shown on film and the consistency with which he's played, this person I spoke with said I, I would probably go with Shaka Tony as the as the ninth player because Shaka Tony has this tremendous potential as an edge rusher, and I and I see that there right because he's a guy that you feel like you can develop that has some situational pass rush ability, and I've had multiple coaches tell me like this is not like multiple organizations organizations multiple coaches that if a player shows any any type of pass rush ability. You try to keep them around as long as you can. And Shaka's shown that. So despite his inconsistencies, despite some of his kind of lackadaisical body language and approach, I think there is a really, really solid chance that he is part of this team because of the upside that he brings, as opposed to the consistency of William Bradley King. So that's really interesting. And then obviously the one that I think is a total crapshoot right now is the secondary, specifically the DBs. I think you've got your kind of starting cluster there. 
of um, Kendall Fuller, William Jackson III, Benjamin St. Just, um, Johnson, I think, is the four. And then after that, everyone's kind of looked average. I was a big, I was very, very high on Christian Holmes early in camp. He looked amazing. He's gotten quiet, and he didn't perform overly well in the preseason games. So I think he's a very good candidate for practice squad, but I don't know if he makes the 53. So that, to me, that's probably the biggest question mark of the whole thing. You know, the tight end's interesting because of the injury, but I think you know kind of where those people rank. DB, after those first three, maybe four if you include Johnson, it's really up in the air. Kind of who likes, like, what is the coach like? What is Ron like? What is the position coach like the best? And that's how that's going to shake out. Um, and we already talked about safety with Reeves, yeah. but yeah, I think I think the DB thing is going to be really compelling to watch. All right, uh, right on. I'm <laughs> I'm with you. I I, uh, <laughs> I I personally, so I'm most looking forward to. I guess where I'm really looking at and just am intrigued is with all of the injuries, specifically in the lineback, in the tight end position. And now in running back with those being kind of what we've looked at throughout the entire preseason as the most up in the air just due to injuries or positioning. That's where I'm personally tomorrow going to be looking to see how they manage to meet that roster requirements while still week one being able to put out a team. Because you could keep all these people and have a fantastic team come week two, week three, when everyone's healthy. But you need to be ready. We need to put a team out for Jacksonville. And I feel like there's this sort of disconnect for, oh, we have all these great players, but how are we going to be able to keep them on the team with still being having injuries and being able to make sure that we put out a good product? So that's what I'm looking forward to the most and kind of yeah, I th- and I, the outcome. I, I think that's fantastic. I think that's fantastic insight. 